We're a bit late starting this morning. Actually, should I say this afternoon? Goodness, it's 20 to 1. Normally, we're, we're recording by 39 o'clock. Crazy. Well, I mean, we're probably going to be a, it's going to be an interesting episode, this one. I'm not exactly sure where we're going to go. I have no notebook with me. There is no pencil in my hand for me to flick around my fingers and to drop all over the floor. <gasps> so, I'm not exactly sure how this one's going to play itself out. You don't have your notes? No. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Well, why are we late this morning? Well, we did a bit of a naughty thing this morning. <laughs> we did that that thing that every husband feels entitled to do with his wife. <laughs> that, well, it's important for the health of a marriage, I think, to do this. And <laughs> yeah. to do it with a frequency, I think, that really will contribute to the overall well-being of both parties involved and it's something I think that I would like to make more of a ritual, make something more important, make make more more like sanctified a little bit because <laughs> it has been somewhat lacking, especially in recent times as the stress has kind of gone up. <laughs> this is uh, our will to do something like this has kind of gone down. And frankly, it does bother me every now and then, especially being a man. I want to be able to do this with my woman. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's, it's financially, it's been hard. I haven't been able to afford it. But this morning, we worked up the courage and we went out to breakfast. <laughs> it was hardly breakfast. I, I got, we both got burgers, like uh, lunch food. It was brunch. But it was, it was like a brunch. It was really nice. It was really good. <laughs> so, why did you laugh? Uh, I, I, what do you think I was talking about? <laughs> Anyway, go on. So, <laughs> I was working on that one all morning. <clears throat> Literally, but as we were in the car going there, he goes, "I already know how I'm going to start the podcast." <laughs> it's been one of those things where, especially the situation that we're in financially, it's really difficult to have that balance of we need to make sure that our expenses are catered to, yeah, and that we can actually maintain ourselves and our costs. Mm. Um, so that we can continue to be in the position that we're in and to continue moving forward. Now, obviously, there's a place for for leisure mm-hmm. uh, in the budget too. There kind of needs to be. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, that's like a coffee. We go out for a coffee or we go for a stroll and we, we buy a little something. Yeah. But we went all out and we actually bought like breakfast this morning. Yeah, that was really And it's, nice. it's hard. It's really difficult. That's one of my big issues um, that I need to sort of overcome with the financial side of things is like, okay, where's my priorities? Mm-hmm. And okay, I need to make sure that we've got money there to cover our expenses and to pay for our bills so that we can maintain ourselves. The problem is though, when I get overly focused on that, spending money for leisure or other in those other areas that are necessary, mm-hmm. um, that, that I'm like deterred from doing that. I feel like it's superfluous, you it's, it's it unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an unnecessary cost because there's other things that are more important. Are you talking about business before pleasure? Probably, mm. yeah. And I mean, that's something that I was raised with. I was raised with that value, business before pleasure. Make sure you you do what you need to do first and then you do what you want to do afterwards, that type of thing. And oh, I probably absolutely would carry that with me now because it was something that was somewhat drilled in in my upbringing. Mm. And I, I don't regret it. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. It teaches you discipline mm. and it teaches you to prioritize. It has and a place, yeah. Absolutely, it has a place. Obviously, carried to an extreme and, you know, something that I've, you know, even even recently because we – had a, did a meditation this morning and you were kind of talking me through a few things that were coming up for me from a very long time ago, especially to do with the idea of business and pleasure and and play and, and leisure and, you know, it, it links my nose. I get a really tight chest every now and then that's almost associated with like a guilt. 
I get that when like I, if I've indulged when I'm eating, mm-hmm. I get this sort of t- t- chest tightness. What the heck is that? You know, my nose flares up at specific times. That's something, it's it's a sensitivity with my nose that I have to, God, there's so many different facets it feels like to that dysfunction in my face. And I mean, we've, we've, we've covered it numerous times. It's like, or we've, we've went over, we had, we did a meditation or you did a session with me yesterday or no, the day before. The day before, yeah. I'm not going to go into it, but the fundamental gist of it was issues around for me with my idea of what was just and and justice itself. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that really riles me up the most are my ideas of injustice, um, and that's probably one of the few things that really gets me enraged. Yes, it does. I, I'm not generally a very emotionally excessive person, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that, that is one thing that will me. get my heart firing. It will get my blood pumping and and I really will fire up over my feeling or my perception of something as being unjust. Unjust. As being an injustice. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that, that trust and a few other things sort of tied up in my nose. But then also this idea of uh you know i'm indulging like of indulgence it's like a, it's like a punishment i almost punish myself for feeling like i'm indulging where i shouldn't be yeah in the business before pleasure and if you're doing something that is kind of what you need to do in order to maintain yourself or you're doing what you feel is is necessary in order to further your goals you know whether you have to do your go you know I don't know, go to work and do the, do your work stuff and really yeah. make sure you focus on bringing in what sustains you um, and carry, taking, carrying, uh, taking care of all your responsibilities. Yeah. Then that's obviously takes precedence over anything else. And so for me, carried to that extreme, I actually forget about the pleasure part. Or well, I don't know, I don't forget no. about it. I, I de-rank it in my priorities. Yeah. So it comes to this point where- Everything that I should be doing, or every yeah, everything that I should be doing has to be part of carrying out a responsibility. Mm. And so, if I'm doing something that is not in in association with something that is a responsibility, or you know, in some way a business, then it's I'm indulging in it unnecessarily. So, like playing PlayStation, like playing PlayStation, for example, my nose fires up. My nose fires up when I'm playing PlayStation. A few times, saying that you feel guilty. Because you feel like you haven't deserved this time enjoying yourself. I really struggle to rest too because of it yes. and to, to, to take a chill pill because I'm like, oh, I need to be working. I need to be doing something. I need to be doing something productive because, well, business before pleasure. Yeah. I need to earn my pleasure. Except the problem is I will never get to a point where I've earned pleasure. Mm. I, no. I can't rest because I haven't earned the rest, but yeah. I will never earn the rest because as yeah. soon as I start resting, I'm anxious <laughs> and I'm like, I should be doing something. I should yeah. be doing something this else. productive. Yeah. I'm not worthy of rest. Even though, I mean, the amount of times that while we're actually taking care of ourselves and we're resting, either something comes to us yeah. or that is the catalyst for something, something coming else, to us. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's like very rarely has working and doing the business kind of thing, like whatever the, that, like business and pleasure, whatever business entails, whatever it, yeah. very rarely has it actually come while we're doing the business thing. It's yeah, usually it come while we're actually resting or we're, we're yeah. kind of at pleasure and we're relaxing a bit. And yeah. that's like you kind of, we must open up the space in that time. So okay. I know it's valuable. Mm-hmm. I know it's important. So I don't mean to chop you off. That's okay. I know it's important, but it's still something I think that I need to sort of overcome. And that includes money. So pleasure, using, spending financial resources on items of pleasure as opposed to items of business. Mm. 
you know. And if there's no item of business on which to spend money, well, then I can't spend money on on pleasure. No. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's this weird fucked up thing in my head. Yeah, well, it, it all stems from something. Like We've all got something that stops us. Like I'm going more and more like deeper and deeper into like my past and there's little tiny nuances that I, I, I thought I cleared. You know, I've been doing so much work to clear the baggage and to clear the, I thought I got to the root cause and the source of it and stuff, but then something else happens and then something else happens. And then just before my, my chest tightened up and then again, I'm in the same, this, the, the same situation. I'm like, what is this? And I'm going deeper and deeper, like literally into the unconscious where I could feel there was like the depths of the ocean, like right at the bottom of it. And seeing something that I have hidden, I've built a tiny little cave of something in there. And that is another another layer to this whole thing that I'm going through at the moment and this finding my independence and being able to be free and fly on my own and trust myself and trust the world. And because I'm essentially the one who like, we're, we're the ones who do that to ourselves. So it's like, you don't blame anyone for it because it's just everyone, we're all here to have an experience. We all have things to overcome and these stories and these experiences encourage us to sh- to see and uh, say to share or to feel and to overcome the blocks and all of this. Like it's all lessons. And I've learned a great deal of lessons. How like more and more I'm like every single word, every thought that I pay attention to and give attention to and give my energy to will come back to me and will manifest in some way, shape or form. So I have to be very careful about what I say and what I mean and I have to make sure that I'm not blaming anyone or I'm putting like my responsibility on something else or someone else or, you know, giving away my power. It's very easy to do that. And I've been, because I've been tapping into the, because we're here on our own and we're working on ourselves. I'm, I'm like literally focusing, like hyper-conscious of the subtlety of everything, every thought that goes into this direction. And then that comes at me and then it hits something, triggers something. And then like, oh my gosh, it's like the tiniest thing. And you wouldn't even imagine, like, we're just full of stories. It's like, it's, I cannot. Be, I did not think that I could uncover this more, any more than I have. But again, something else, like literally something else, and then another thing. Like I don't. I don't know what the next thing is going to be. Well, we're a lifetime of stories that have just yeah. been tucked onto each other. That's I don't. It. I don't know if there's. A, we're like bottomless pits of stories yeah. that we tell ourselves and mm. labels that we give ourselves. Labels, stories. Because it's like so much of our identity and our view of ourselves is is like tacked labels that have been tacked together that we mm. get from around us from the environment. You know, it's like we we know ourselves by our our presence in in an environment. Yeah. Not by what we are How internally. How other people see us. Yeah. And the, the role that we've been playing. It's, it's yeah. like the environment gives us bestows upon us yeah. our sense of self and mm. our sense of identity. And this is obviously stuff we were talking. We were well, obviously we were talking about this over um over our brunch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, it is. There's so many depths. There's so many depths to try and plumb in yourself, and like there'll never be a shortage. No. of these stories and trying to overcome them like again for me it's it's releasing that we had it we did that session this morning and it was predominantly around the idea of business and pleasure and i said last night i'm like i would love to go for a for a um, benedict. Ben- eggs benedict i just there's something about the hollandaise sauce and a and a, and a, a poached egg it's just and bacon it just really goes together but i just I had this craving for it but i'm like we can't we can't afford it because for me I've had no issue with buying books or buying things that I perceive as going to further us in a, in a business sense, like mm-hmm. contributing to our education and that type of stuff. I've, I've put a lot of importance on that. Yeah. So anytime there's something that I see is going to contribute in a meaningful way towards the work that we're doing, well, there's always room in the budget for that. 
for things like going out, buying food, is like, in like a going to a restaurant or a cafe and having lunch, that's the last on my priority list. I'm like, we're going to consume that within half an hour and then that money's gone. You know, that 50 or 60 bucks is, is gone. And it's like, oh, just to me, that's there was always just this unnecessary superfluous cost or expense, which in our financial position, we can't bear that. Mm. But- of course I want to. I love like, you know, mm. you love going out and eating and like it having someone else up. make your food and it lifts you it's up. nice. You get, to, you get to enjoy someone else's recipe and yeah, yeah. you get to all that stuff. Like the experience. I love yeah. the experience. I love being able to go I mean, to a restaurant. Everyone can agree on that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. But and but that to me is that that's that pleasure expense, which I can't spare because I don't, we haven't earned it. We mm. don't have the resources for it, but we haven't earned it. And I'm so glad that we did that this morning. But this morning I was like, okay. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Because we have earned it because we worked bloody hard. And the last time we went to a cafe and actually had some food was God knows how long ago. Yeah. Before we started this podcast, I think. We get a coffee, you know, a couple times a week. Yeah. But yeah, when we actually, yeah. To sit down and actually have a meal. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, no, we have earned it for sure. And so, I'm like- Overcoming that has been is a really is a real difficult thing for me, but I know that it's a block that I need. I'm going to have to overcome because it's an integral part of living is actually being able to stop and engage with your surroundings a little bit, rest, take your environment. I'm learning that also through writing, like I was saying yesterday. Um, it's helping me to reconnect with myself mm. and the world around me because I want to enjoy engage with the world around me because it's going to contribute to enhancing my writing, like what I can write about, you know. Yeah. Really great writers are able to distinguish like or pick up on really subtle things that generally you would not notice. Mm. But someone with a really keen eye who's paying attention can identify that thing and then actually be able to explain it and explain the importance of it and you go, fuck, that's brilliant, <laughs> you know. But if I'm too busy up in my head, you know, focusing on what we need to do, what I have to do. And not I'm, actually enjoying it. And not it, enjoying right? anything. Right? I'll mm. completely miss everything. Mm. So, like, there is – there's a place There's a place for both of them. Yeah. But, like, for me, I've really struggled to find the place for that pleasure side of things. Yeah. And I'm really glad we worked through that. Yeah, I'm glad too. Well, because, you know, I've been working on my money blocks and the things that have been stopping me and – it's working. I'm feeling a lot more free. I'm working on changing things up and how I work and my focus. And it, there's like there's reminders that are coming to me that I'm like I absolutely want to implement them and need to implement them and bring in long lasting, um, uh, well, yeah, long long lasting clients and and people that we we can like build a community with and actually work together on you know and that's give and take you know it's give and receive. So it's like that. There's things that I'm working on there, and I'm like we're a team, and we like we both need to <laughs> overcome. Like if if you've got um, blocks around pleasure, which means which you know seeing a big fat overflowing wallet of money gives you you know your your heart clenches, you know that that to me is like okay, well how are we going to enjoy our life, our vision, and what we what we where we're going? Yeah, that was crazy. To- that was crazy last night. I will actually share that um, while you mentioned it. Um, so yeah, last night, uh, was it last night? Yes, it was last night. Cause so you were working on that meditation yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, you're, 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 you still, you haven't quite finished it yet, no, but you're, you're to, zeroing in to, on it. I have to adapt. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. But you, you did like a prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, you showed me the prototype and we kind of ran through it. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, there's a few things, but that's totally fine. But I, I, I'm not a visual person, generally speaking. So yeah, it is more things, of a, it some, is more of a visualization. Some things did float float up to me, like I can, and I don't know if it's necessarily because I'm not a visual person, or if it's just because I don't have the practice, the mm-hmm. medita- the meditation practice. I would say practice only because you were describing things very specifically yeah. that you were seeing. So and that's it. So. I, I think I, I tend to agree. So I think it's just because I haven't had the practice with the meditation. I don't have the kind of med- meditative endurance, if that kind of makes sense. In that, like, yeah, I can't stay is, with it because I yeah because I, there's there's different ways to do it. Some people like the time mm. to sit there with the visions. Probably people that are better. Like I can, I can sit there in my vision. To be honest, I think I do too because the more that I'm prompted a lot of the time, the more I start to think too much about what the prompt's telling me. Yeah. So I think I actually prefer quite uh, like guided still, but give yeah. me space. Yeah. Um, especially while I'm, I don't have the confidence in my ability to actually stick to with stick the visual. With yeah, right. Um, the prompts actually I think can hinder me from being able to um, remain with what I'm seeing. But it's also specific to um, the, the kind of prompts so what I was noticing yesterday, like, cause I was like, I was doing it obviously for, for, for me and for my, you know, to, to, to post and record. But then with you, I was like, okay, actually this is a good test. I want to see what's working and what doesn't. I want to, and then I noticed when you got stuff, it, de- it was dependent on how I prompted you and mm. how much space I allowed, how open the visual was, or how open the thing was. So for you to be, if you like, just stand here and what do you see? Yeah. And so there and was then a, allowing, trusting you. Yeah. There, there was a point where you said something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something along the lines of like what you want or like mm. what does your abundance look like or something. Yeah. And for me, like a lot of my material stuff, it, it does center around money. Mm. You know, and I've spoken about that at length in numerous episodes. Mm. And so I, my sense of abundance um, or a sense of a facet of my abundance, the material stuff is absolutely to do with, yeah, like financially, what, where, where are we at type thing? And mm. there was a vision of me or an image of me looking into my wallet and the cash was just like almost overflowing out of it, right? And uh, I was looking at my spreadsheets that I just pride myself on. <laughs> so cute. And, um, <laughs> but the numbers, there was so many numbers. There was, you know, six, okay. seven, eight figures. Like there was yeah. there was enormous sums of money like that I'm, I'm maintaining in the spreadsheets. Yeah. And so it's like those two combined, all of a sudden my heart space just went like it felt like someone had grabbed my rib cage from both sides and just pushed inwards. Oh my god! And then it like locked. So it's like it's like my my sternum just ceased to exist, yeah. and my ribs just got shoved together Fuck. and closed closed the cage yeah. into this like coffin. Um, and then it, it literally like locked my heart in. It was the weirdest thing. Mm. It was the strangest experience. And we kind of don't want that um, no. <laughs> right now. Like we don't want that kind of energy blocking us <laughs> and the income that's coming. No, well, that's mm. it. So we, we kind of sat with it obviously afterwards mm. and, it, and it was coming mm-hmm. up sort of indulgence and the idea was not – it's not the idea of having the money. Mm-hmm. I don't have – I don't feel as though I have that kind of – I have money blocks, but I don't think it's that like earning money block. Mm. I think it's the it's the having money block, not and the earning it. And what to do it. with it and actually enjoying yourself with it. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's – pleasure. It's the idea, like I, I'm really good at structuring it. I know what we do with our money. I've like worked on that kind of stuff. But that to me is the business side of things. Yeah. Now having an overflowing wallet with all this cash, I don't know what to do with it. That to me is, has become like the, it's like an idea of indulgence and it's a pleasure thing. Like I don't, I have all this money. We've, we've covered all our expenses and done what we needed to do with it. Now it's like I can actually use this money and go and spend it on something. You know, maybe we can go out to lunch or maybe I can, yeah, buy some new clothes. Like all those other, you know, upgrade the computer. You know, do this other car. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for me, where I am right now, I think my heart sort of seized up because there is some kind of block there to do with 
the idea of having more than enough just to cover what you require. And so that is, yeah, that, that, that was something I think that really came up. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we were discussing it as this business versus, versus pleasure thing. Yeah. And uh, my, my need to sort of deal with that because, like I said, if I, like, I have no problem making it, mm. but if I'm getting to a certain point where it's like it's, it's more than covered everything that I deem as like, yeah, okay, we're comfortable, we're good now, what the fuck are we going to do with all this other stuff? Then it's, I don't know, some sort of block sort of kicks in. Mm. So it was really, it was interesting. So we, we kind of worked through yeah. that this morning and we did a little bit of, of uh, like your meditation. Uh, no, this morning we did. This, this morning we did we like did. somatic work. Yeah. Because like I, I do it for me, but I actually don't realize that I don't, um, I don't really sit there with clients properly and do it. Like I, I'm the one that I'm the channel. But somatics acts actually you guide the person into their body. I can I can hold space like today like um you know I asked because you couldn't you're like I just kind of I suck at this, and then I was like do you want me do you, I'm like do I have permission to go into your space I'll just hold space for you and I'll have, I'll just overlook what's going on because I can do that and I sat and you're like yes please and it just gave you an extra because I could see that there was things coming up and I was connected to your space and I could see that. And you calm down very quickly after that. Because I was getting really um, angry and I yeah. get really frustrated doing this type of stuff because, like I said, I struggle to maintain it and to hold it. And then I, I get things that come to me. So then it's almost like teasing me and going, here you go. Here's an image. Here's a vision. There you go. You can actually do it. And then no, it's, sort it's of, just you have Then my head gets in the way and I'm <laughs> like, I just need to, I need to sort of practice it. And yeah, it was really good. It's also good. very, very, very normal because that happens to me too. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was really good, really interesting to kind of, open that up and have those start to have those kind of realizations around how I need to approach or just myself, like change perspectives and just see what I actually am valuing, what is holding me down a little bit. And it's been, it's been good the last few days to kind of have those understandings and reach back into childhood and like sort of since then yeah. to see how little sentiments that arose, a little sit out of little situations yeah. um, from, from when I was younger, you know, there's times when, Moments do sort of float up to me. And when I try and remember elements of my past, these memories do come. Um, they, they kind of jump out at me and they go, ah, remember this, remember that. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, the, the memories that jump out are the ones that have some kind of emotional attachment to them. And the ones that have that emotional attachment seem to be the ones that we actually, me and you, when we're trying to go through, you know, what's happening internally, the unconscious, yeah. the shadow type work, they're the stuff that, they're the, they're the memories that come up and say, hey, um, yeah, this this, this block that you have is actually associated with this memory yeah. in some to some extent. Yeah, and there's there's been a fair few of those, so it's been a pretty pretty good couple of days, I think, for us and in ter- or for me in terms of that kind of work and realizing that. And it's been I just, I'm so glad that I'm starting to pay more attention to my creativity and I'm starting to get um, find more value in my own creative expression. Also, like if you start reading narratives and stories and stuff, you'll be able to um, immerse yourself more. You'll be that's a good practice. I'm really excited. For this visualization. Yeah. I'm really because I used to read Stephen King. I used to read. I had like nearly every single Stephen King book up until because I read when I, I was like, like a, a young teenager. I had it when I was a young teenager. I think like his most recent story back when I was still reading them was like, uh, I think it was like Duma Key or. Something like that. It was a long time ago. He's probably written twice as many as that number now. Mm-hmm. But I had nearly every single one of his like classics. 
Um, and so, I read a lot of that type of stuff. And then when I was when I was younger, I just read a lot of narratives too. Like, I didn't actually get into lit- literary stuff until- or, or as in like non-fiction, um, philosophy, uh, history, all that kind of stuff until the last couple of years. Mm. So, I, had, I did have a really active and vivid imagination when I was younger. And, and I think I probably would have been very- and I felt quite spiritually connected. Yeah. Um, so it probably would have been very easy for me to be able to actually have these meditations and visualizations. Since then, like I, I stopped reading for a period of time, especially through high school, when it became for me it became okay. less about you know reading and 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 like solitude and friends. Like friends yeah, became more important and socializing. Yeah. And where's your social standing through yeah. high school? It's like yeah, that's all. You, that's all you remember from high school. Like yeah. everyone I've spoken to that when we have a conversation about high school, it's never about the work or the the studies or anything <laughs> Ooh, like that. I learned this. Yeah, I'm it's taking it with me. It's like friends. It's spending time, recess, and lunch. So like much fun. Yeah. Trying to you know jostle for social standing amongst your peers in high school. Like that's the most important thing to you. Yeah. And so. Well, you're I also going of, through puberty, so it's like there's a lot changing, and then you know you're looking at the opposite sex, and you're like, "Ooh, okay." Like the last <laughs> and you're feeling thing, things. The last thing like I cared about was reading. <laughs> I was not paying attention in, in class. I tell you that. So then, like, I lost my. <laughs> I guess I kind of lost a little bit of my creative nous and my desire to read through there, and and that's only something that I've really picked back up over the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, especially since meeting you. Um, I was reading a little bit before then, but not as much. No. Um, you kind of brought me back into that when you well, were. You doing- were studying. I was studying. Yeah. That's it too. And so I wasn't really interested in reading then either. I was yeah. doing studying. But the same sort of deal. Mm. You know, I, I had a I had a girlfriend, like I was focusing on like all that all that sort of stuff. stuff yeah. Like I wasn't thinking about reading or furthering my, my personal, personal development or growth or anything. Um, I knew there was a value to it, I guess. And I, I've always sort of thought I was kind of somewhat, you know, at least semi conscious, mm. aware that there was something bigger out there than just me. Um and so I, I saw my last relationship actually is a big, um, a big lesson, a big learning curve for me. Like I, it was necessary in order for me to kind of be ready for you. Mm-hmm. And then you come along and yeah, kind of brought me back. You, you were doing your hundred days of drawing. You're immersed in your creativity, in your self development work, and I kind of got a bit inspired by that. And so it kind of has brought me back to reading, um, but it's brought me into reading to try and understand myself. And so that's where I've, I've gone down that path now, and that led me into reading more nonfiction type stuff, which I'm ready, I think, to actually step away from and go back into reading fiction um, so that I can start to understand like narratives and immerse myself in like imaginary places again. Yeah. But still actually appreciate that a lot of a lot of like a lot of authors are writing with some object in mind and they're conveying that idea through a story. And I'm yeah. really excited to kind of pick up on those themes now and to go take my ideas. Because obviously when I'm younger, when I'm younger, I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm not thinking about underlying, you know, philosophies or undercurrents <laughs> or, you know, all that, all the stuff that goes into like really good books. And now yeah, I'm kind of- That's very few children. Yeah. Now I'm ready to go there. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm really excited, yeah, like to pick up a, 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 a fiction, a work of fiction and- Read it and be inspired by yeah. it. Well, we're full of stories and that's the way we express ourselves. You know, what's what's this telling us? This, this and this and then this and then everything has a story. Everything. We're full of them. We've always got something to tell. What did you do today? Okay, well, first, you know, ev- everything. You know, what, what do I do now? Okay, oh, like what part of the story are we in now? Like everything is a, a story. Like we live in I- this we do we do and we create these stories and we identify ourselves by these stories and this is a little bit about what we're talking about today yeah because it's a good it's it's a great thing you know it helps to give you a kind of sense of self in Mm. this world 
and an idea about who you are. And whether it feels good or not. Yeah. And whether it's true or not. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's another, like, with self-development stuff, like when I've got a story in my head, like limiting beliefs, for instance, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I just, I just don't need, I just don't need a lot. And then it's like, well, that, why? You know, like, who's, who told you that? And he's like, oh, well, it's okay. Like, and it's like, no, it's keeping you small. And it's how, like, I talk to myself like that. But like, this, this isn't the life that you see for yourself. Like, everything's a story. It's like, it's not true. It's like when you've got beliefs, you're like, okay, can you say, like this is what we're doing with Alyssa this week, can you say with the most certainty that this this statement is true? And more often than not, it's like it's totally false. It's like, okay, now let's bring in something new. Let that go and bring in something new because we want to change things around here. We're changing habits. So it's like switching and, and changing our stories to something that's like something like a movie that you're that's worth watching. You know, imagine you like I always think, what kind of what part of the movie would I be in right now? I think that right now, up it depends. It'd be kind of like a you know how they've got a, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh my gosh, just like a sequence of the, the music. There's music just playing, and there's a sequence of all these different times, and you're working hard over like the period of six months, or and you're doing all this work, and you're like breaking down, and then you get back up, and like kind of like a rocky moment, and you're just working out, working out, and you're just working on yourself. I'm like I'm, I'm thinking that I'm in this. Like, what's it called when you? Ah, uh, oh my god, like a oh my montage. God. Yes, thank you. Right. It's like a montage. <laughs> it's a montage of me just doing all the personal development, meditating, and then jumping up and down, like doing anything I can to kind of get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And oh, like that's the kind of what I feel like I'm in now. Because yeah, th- these <laughs> these days are really these in between days are really fucking boring, or they're not interesting. People are not going to sit here and watch all this. Although, I mean, people are listening to our podcast, <laughs> so really, yeah. And it's how do you? It's that story. It's like okay, nah, this is a part of the story. So what happens next? Well, I think, and, and that, that's exactly kind of the question, right? And ultimately, the, the what happens next is it's up to you. Mm. Um, I think we identify ourselves and our value and we get to know our place in the world by the stories that we tell, our relations to the, the things around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like what we were discussing the other day. That becomes really detrimental. We were talking about that in terms of groups. Um, and the tribal. Yeah, tribe stuff yeah. and family too. You know, we, mm. we have an idea of ourselves and how we function in the world by how we operate, how we, relate to, how we relate to it and to those, to those around us. Mm. And that kind of relation that we perceive ourselves as having to something else kind of ha- that other thing kind of bestows a label upon us and it sort of pigeonholes us into in that area uh, into what is encompassed by that label. Sure. For example, you're a sister, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a brother or a son or daughter, yeah, all that type yeah. of stuff. And a son is like, it's this abstract notion. Like it, it is, you are a the offspring of, you know, two people. Yeah. So technically, yeah, objectively, you're their son. Yes. But what actually is a son in terms of roles and responsibilities and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And it's different, obviously. Every family dynamic's different. Yeah. So the idea of son, when you've got all these different variations that are mm-hmm. all encompassed by this one broad abstract term, it becomes more and more abstract. Yeah. But then we have this idea because we're a son or we're a daughter. This is how I should be. Yeah. It's not what feels right. No. It's what's expected of me mm-hmm. because I am a son Obli- or I'm obliga- a daughter. Yeah, obligations. And- yeah, they, and they, those sort of – so labels like that that are born of, of our relations to the, the world around us kind of has those externalities almost bestowing upon us our identity and what we should be doing. Our responsibility. And it's actually the responsibility for generating action is taken away from us 
and it's and it's given to the thing that's basically telling us what we should do. Yeah. Now I'm a son, so I should be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, as part of my duties as a son, I'm a brother, so X, Y, Z. I'm you know I'm this I work in this job, so this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. I'm I have this hobby, so this is what I do. Mm-hmm. It's like all of all of the interactions that we have with the world around us kind of put an external label on us that we help with, that helps to identify who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone comes up to you and is like, "Oh, what are you? Who are you? What do you do?" Oh, I'm usually I'm I'm, a, I'm someone's daughter. I'm someone's sister. I, I'm this, I'm that. It's really funny. They're labels. Yeah, it's really funny because like all my life I've been like Phil's sister or like, oh, you're a Chidiac. Mm. It's like it's never, I'm never separate. Yeah. I've never been separate or I've never been my own thing. I'm either someone's sister, someone's brother or someone's daughter, someone's, like it's, it's just always been and like so, that. And I feel like we kind of become accustomed to then viewing our eyes, viewing ourselves through external eyes. Yeah. And then it's like our whole sense of identity then seems to come from externally. Mm. So it's our, we're bestowed with our identity. We don't generate our own identity. And then I feel like that's become even more so, especially since social media, where you, it's a lot harder to be, in a way, it's kind of pushed you into more solitude as your insecurities have grown potentially. But also it's brought you more into contact with those around you. And you start to feel more potently your, your, I guess place. Are you talking you, about me specifically, or not, just generally? generally okay, I'm just sort of speaking generally. Yeah. Um, like with social media, you go on social media and you see all these projections of people, you know, yeah. taking pictures and statuses yeah. and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, look at that, you know. <laughs> and obviously, people portray what they want, you know, you to see. They don't. They're oh, looking- they're looking at them. They're looking at a mirror. We look at a mirror and we say, oh, I don't like that. Oh, oh. And it's like there's this joyful, this joyful person that you follow mm. that is having a wonderful time on their holiday, mm. or just you know having a coffee or something like that, and you get really angry. And then you get these you. comparisons. You have these comparisons, Comparis- and yeah. it's like you what they're like and what you want to be, but you don't perceive yourself as that. You have this relation to them by simply observing them, and then all of a sudden you have that comparison thing where it's like I want that that person's wealthy. I don't have what that person has on Paul. Mm-hmm. And then you get, start to get all I these things that come and in. You, you, down, you end up really insecure and you sink and all that sort of stuff because you're getting that validation and you're getting that sense of self and worth mm. from external places as opposed to locating within you. And it's not even 8 a.m. and you've already. <laughs> <laughs> and then so you end up with this, yeah, you kind of have this narrative of your life playing like this is what my this is where my I came from in my past and yeah. this is how I got to where I am now. Yeah. But the past no longer exists. Yes, yeah. there's a context. There's a there's a reason that you are where you are right now. Mm. And it is it is good to kind of know that and to yes. analyze and understand that. Yeah, you kind of need right. to do that. Yeah. Have a good so you don't make the same mistakes. That's why that's history is important, right? Lessons, yeah. But it's like what happens next? I think so often when you're not paying attention is that that environment, that, that external environment in which you live actually tells you this is what you're going to do next. Mm. And then before you know it, you've lived your entire life acquiescing to external demands. Yeah. And, you've, <laughs> and you, don't, you don't know why you, you feel like shit. Oh, it's disempowering. Because it's, yeah, because you haven't determined. I, don't, I didn't want to do this. Mm. Or, yeah, I did this, but it wasn't my intention. It wasn't my aim to do it. It yeah. just sort of fell in my lap. Yeah. And I'm not satisfied mm. because I didn't actually, I didn't want to do this. I didn't take charge. And I, I generated this outcome, but it wasn't the outcome I wanted to generate. And so that was a, that was a big thing for me. I know I fell into going to uni a lot like that. The ex- mm. the the situation kind of said, "Well, you're going to uni," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, guess I'm going to uni." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't. It wasn't my will that brought that took me to uni. Mm. It was the my perception of what the external world expected of me. Yeah. And so that's, you have to go to uni after high school. That's right. Yeah. 
And so that's what I did. And then when you break away from that a little bit and you start to actually go into a bit more solitude and you spend more time with yourself and you're like, okay, what do I, do I value the external world? Do I value what's outside of me? Is that, is that helping me to live a better life? Is that helping me to be better for those around me? And like we were saying the other day, like generally speaking, I don't think so. I don't think it does because you end up really unsatisfied because you're not the one generating your outcomes. You're not the one that's consciously making decisions that then you get to take charge of and be responsible for. You kind of give up your entire responsibility to the world outside of you. Yeah. And then how can you really take credit for your successes when you had no role basically yeah. besides showing up? Well, are you successful if that is the case? Can you get successful without taking responsibility for your life? Is yeah. that possible? Oh. And, so you successful know, in terms of not just like, you know, money and, and job and career and everything, but like enjoyment. Be fulfilled, like fulfilled himself. himself. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can't be successful in anything, any area of your life when you don't take responsibility for it. And I think that that's firsthand by from me firsthand experience. Definitely. And I think when you yeah, when you don't kind of know who you are because you haven't put the thought into it, you only know who you are based on where you are in the external in this environment. Mm. You only know where you are, who you are relative to who you're interacting with. Now, like um, you you. I mean, absolutely, I did this too. You know, when you're with different people, you have a different persona. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. It was so uncomfortable. I was actually very aware of it, but I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know how, like, I didn't know which one was true or not, and I didn't know if that's just what people did because I had to be different with certain people. I had to be calmer around people. I had to be more excited with others, like different groups of friends, especially, like, I had my Ukrainian friends and then I had my, like, Aussie friends, I'd call them, Mm. because I went to school with them, my school friends and my Ukrainian friends, and I'd have to be different both. And I thought I was more authentic in my Ukrainian um, Ukrainian group, and I, I was, but I was... I was like rattling and then I thought I was in my friendship group and then I was rattling. Like I I didn't know who I was and then obviously we leave high school and then I'm just like, okay, I don't know who I am. I'm freaking out. And yeah, you start to be like, I have to do things on my own. Because there's no, there's no consistency that you take with you into the external world because if, if your entire outlook and perspective and way you view yourself is governed by your, your situation, well, then you're going to be different in every different situation. Yeah. There's no consistency that you take to different situations. Mm. You're blown around by each situation. By each, yeah. And so- yeah, you, The power's in the situation and- That's it. And there's the no power in you. Rather than there's no power in you. Yeah. You kind of get blown around by it. And I think that for me was a starting to realize that. I'm like, holy fuck, how much was I actually just allowing myself to be blown around by yeah. the whim of the situation? And that's what- How many different faces do I have? How many different masks do I have? How many different ways do I present myself so that I can fit in with the situation? And then when we're kind of starting to realize that, it's like, holy shit, what's the alternative then? Well, the alternative means you have to get, you have to, you have to get your identity from somewhere. You, you have to believe start. in yourself from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And if, if it doesn't actually work to make you a better person, make your life better, if it doesn't help to get the entirety of your identity from, from around you, have, it, have your identity bestowed upon you, mm. well, then it has, you have to bestow your identity. And I think like that's where you start to get into the weeds with yourself a little bit and go, who am I? What am I about? And you start to ask those deeper questions. You start to pay attention to those subtleties of your experience and your passions and your emotions. And you're like, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. You start to pick up on your intuition more because you, you're being, you're now having to generate your own, your own place in this world. Mm. You're not giving the world the power and the responsibility to give you your place. You're, you're kind mm. of working to make it yourself. Yeah. And so I think when you're, 
I think a lot of insecurity. I know for me, like when I'm at my most insecure in social events, it's I get really, I get offended really easily because I want to be perceived a certain way. And this kind of ties in a little bit to my sense of injustice is it's like I have a perception of myself that I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure myself out. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I get a bit of an idea about who I am. And then when that's misconstrued by somebody else, I'm like really offended by it. I get really pissed off. It bothers me for a really long time afterwards. Yes, it does. (laughs) And then- (laughs) I'm like, the other day we were talking about, I'm like, why do I do that? Mm. You know, I think it's because I'm still putting stock for my identity in how I'm perceived. Mm. And it's obviously it's important. We're communal, like we're not communal, obviously. but we're, we are part of a collective, right? So and we, we have a place in the collective. So we do have a responsibility to the collective in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying to abolish that and to live like a hermit in total solitude, but I'm obviously putting enough value in, in an external perspective of me to be concerned about what that perspective is. And so it's like only when my envi- when I get my, my notions of myself from outside of myself will I then try and force that, perspe- that external perspective into alliance with how I want to be perceived. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm like, this is who I am. This is who I am. Yeah, you have to believe it. Yeah. You have to believe it. I'm going to force you to believe who I am and yeah. what I what I want to be seen Everything as. Everything you're saying is wrong. It's right. Yeah. And when I've pulled that back, pulled that offense and pulled that desire to control my environment back and I've gone, okay, no, who am I? Who am I? I want to generate those ideas, those mm-hmm. notions of myself. I want to start to try and unpack myself a little bit so I can start to better understand how I show up in this world. Because you can't, you can't control how other people are going to perceive you. But when, when, when you do that, though, when you turn that inwards you're, and you're no longer requiring so much on what's outside of you for that validation, you feel less. You feel uh, you feel like it, you feel uh, not as you, you don't find it as necessary yeah. to control their perspective of you. Yeah, it's the, not in your mind. Their perspective's not valid because you're okay in yourself. That's right. Your sense of security is it's like within you. You've got the power back. You've taken your power. You're not. You don't care really. You're not putting so much stock in other people's opinion of you and criticisms of you and whatever on you. And you're like, I'm okay with who I am. And I'm a bit lost and I'm not really sure where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. However, I, I'm driving. I'm driving this car. And, and that's right. So you, you end up driving, right? And then so that's the thing. The situation is no longer basically telling you this is where you are to go now. This is this is, no, this is the will. This, the will of the situation is no longer what's pulling you onwards. You're now pushing yourself onwards yeah. because you're in charge now. You're in charge. If you're generating your own idea of yourself, your own perspective of yourself, well, you're the one that's in charge. It's your will now that mm. you're operating off. Mm. And so the path before you is yours. It's not there for you, which is terrifying. <laughs> you're on your own. And this is this is what's happened for us. Uh-huh. I, I, over I was, and over for again. For whatever reason, we've had to have this conversation this morning, but that's kind of where we've had to go down right now. Mm-hmm. We've gone into this sort of solitude because we're trying to ask those questions of ourselves and understand ourselves enough to feel a bit more confident in exerting our own will and desire on our situation and to follow it through because it's our path, it's no one else's. That's it. And we've been led here as well because our intention is to to move within and to change who we are in order to know who we are, so not to change, to know who we are and uncover that, then, you know, the, it, re- it required solitude it required our own space and now we can find the value in it it's like okay well in order because like of course we wanted to move out before like who doesn't who doesn't want to move out and who doesn't want to live in their own home and who doesn't you know it's like it, of course it's a natural thing. however 
I feel like we still wouldn't have in, embraced this process the way we needed to had we had just gotten what we wanted, had we just gotten the house, had we just gotten all the stuff, had the money and everything. Um, we would not have had such – we wouldn't have known ourselves if this wasn't a prior. This was our focus. My focus is I I need – I don't, I'm so sensitive. I cannot control. I cannot like the, I'm putting boundaries like around me, like every five minutes, I've had to keep fixing my boundary and strengthening my boundary every five minutes. It was getting too exhausting because all day what I was doing is I was just fucking creating brand boundaries because everything, I, everything was going and getting so overwhelming and everyone's energy and, and my energy. And I didn't know what was happening and I was lost and I was shaken. So what happens? It's like, okay, we, we need space. I need solitude. We need a clear space a fresh space so we can breathe and hear i want to listen to what's going on because i i don't know what's mine and what someone else's because i think you start when you start to become aware of that and you start to become aware a little bit that you're kind of you tell we tell ourselves a story about who we are and what our life is and there's stories that other people project onto us other people have we play a role in other people's stories well especially people that have that you've lived you've grown of up with so it's you know, like especially family they've got an idea of you and what, how you've been and when you start changing they don't, you know, they, they got to they got to adapt too, and that's not comfortable either for them. And when you when you start to explore yourself, you and you start to go back through that kind of past, your history a little bit, and you start to realize, oh, there's actually faults in my story. There's there's elements of my story that are holding me back now that I need to deal with. Yeah. When you start to try and do that, you really have to draw yourself inwards and go inwards, and then other people's perspectives of you no longer match because. You're, as you're adapting your own story, yeah. you're changing how you view yourself. And so necessarily you as a character in someone else's story starts to change. Mm. But then when if other people don't realise that that's what's happening, that you're changing, you're, you no longer fit in with their story. Mm. And it's no one's fault. No, but it's but it's everyone. And like, you kind of become alienated and isolated now because you don't fit in other people's stories. You're not your own story anymore. You're mm. changing. Yeah. And... And you kind of have to sort of go into this solitude and then and almost re-envisage yourself. And, and learn to be okay with this process. Like it's it's been really hard for me to detach from my old life and from – and I'm saying detach, not like leave completely. I'm detaching because it doesn't serve me anymore because it's gotten – it was – I wasn't myself. I wasn't allowed to be this, what I am now. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm been kicked out kind of out of my old life. I'm, every, every card that comes up in the last six months has been – you know, break old patterns, moving away from the old, breaking the old into the new. Like, if, like for the not, not even six months, for the last two years, that's what's been happening. It literally hid me away. You're like lockdowns. There's a reason why I was in Victoria. There was a reason why I lost my job early on, so I could sit there and and really work on breaking free from who I was. And it really showed me there is something that I have not been. I have been so not inauthentic, but it it got me gave me an opportunity to see what I, who, who I, what I'm capable of and what I do have within me and what I can do, all these possibilities started to happen. I'm like all these things that kind of these dreams that kind of I was carrying along like during my upbringing, there were little things, little sparks of inspiration and curiosities and things that I'd kind of dreamed of and would love to have and that get squashed by, you know, the, yeah, the role that you play being the, the the part you're playing in that in the in the family in the friends in the school in the every the, in all of those situations because it does it does shape you and if anyone says it doesn't it does for, for better or for worse for me it was for better and worse both but I'm going to choose to make it better so it's like it shaped me and it obviously I've had to have such a 
deep and very full-on experience when it comes to this because, you know, in, in every part of my bloody design, it says leadership. And Because it's not to just on the role thing because it's not to do away with the role because you don't get to do away with the fact that you're a sister and no. I'm a brother and a son no. and all that. But it's about how can I redefine myself in this role mm. so that I'm not defined by the role. I get to sort of understand a bit more who I am so then I can bring myself to the role. And you can also serve as that role That's in it. a better way. That's I it. haven't been serving in an authentic way. I've been self-sacrificing every time. I've been saying, yes, I can do that. Yes, 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 yes. Literally all the time. When everyone and anyone needs me, I'll say, yes, I'll do it. Yep, yes, yes. Self-sacrificing. And I only realized that today. And it shook me. And not because it's what you wanted to do. It's because it's what you perceived as being part of your role. Yeah. That's what I thought that I needed to do. Because if someone needed me, you know, everyone wants to be needed. Everyone wants to be wanted and be feeling belong, like they belong. Everyone does. And as a, as a child, like, you know, I'm, I'm there, obviously. Okay. I'm in the vicinity. And yeah, I was, I was always asked because I thought they trusted me with it because I thought they wanted me, you know, and all, and all these stories that I would create in my mind, which I actually was really destructive. It got really destructive because I, I kept saying yes, sacrificing the things that I actually wanted to do or the things that I should have done or, and you don't know. Because it's like, like, I feel like it's, it's like we all, we want to have, we want to feel that satisfaction in our lives. Like we're doing the right thing as well all the time. Like we're good people mm. in, by some measure, mm. by some moral standard, we're good people. And so everything that we do is for a good reason. Mm. And that if there's evil or bad things in the world, it's, it's other people that are doing the evil. We're good people <laughs> that are just going through. And, and so that means that, you know, we wouldn't do things that go against our idea of what is good. And so mm. everything that we do is, is, is for the good. And we sacrifice ourselves because it's for the good. We do all this stuff because it's for the good and, and we're good people. And so we, we kind of <laughs> serve our role and we do what's sort of expected of us. And we have to tell ourselves these stories yeah. because deep down we, we don't want to do stuff. No. But, and, and that makes us feel like shit. But we it's we tell ourselves that it's it's for the good yeah. because we need we have a there's a dissonance between what we want I guess and what we do mm. a lot of the time and what we want is not is not is not very often the same as what we're doing yeah and so in order to I feel like bring that into resonance we have to tell ourselves a story and create an, create an give us an idea of ourselves that convinces us that yes this is actually what we want mm. i want to self sacrifice even though i don't want to self sacrifice no, yeah. but the reason i want to self sacrifice is, is because this, this i'm is. a good person or you know it's going to get me it's going to get me brownie points or some ulterior motive Always. and, and you, then you, you start get to, so creative yeah. we get so creative with making excuses and creating stories to lessen us to lower us to lower us into lower frequencies and lower vibrations and down in the depths and sacrifice all of that we will create absolutely anything this obscure story that does not make sense, that doesn't serve you, and it doesn't serve someone else. And yet, like, when it comes to making money and being abundant and living a great life, we've got all these excuses not to do it instead of all the excuses and all of the reasons why we should do it. Because in order to do a lot of that, a lot of what it takes to go out and attain that, you have to actually break that story. You have to completely yeah. destroy it, you right? You have to completely And that's that's terrifying it. because it's all you've known for starters, but also how you how that story has served you and how you your identity has been completely based upon that story, which has almost been you've kind of created that story for yourself, but that story is based upon how you doing a certain thing for yeah. the external world and then that uh, your role in the external world your place in the external world dictating 
what you have to do. And when what you're being dictated to doesn't resonate with you, well, then you, you tell yourself the story like we just said. <laughs> and so when you start to do away with that, you're like, no, I actually want to pay attention to what I want to do mm. and what actually feels proper and what makes me feel powerful and responsible for myself. Well, then you actually have to destroy that story, mm. which means you have to disintegrate the bonds that you've, you have to your external environment and to your situation. Yeah. And when you do, you kind of break free from all of it. And then all of a sudden you're, you're damn near, you know, unrecognizable. And it's also damn recognizable yourself and towards yourself. Yeah, I was going yeah. to say, it's, it's not just, it's it's not easy to do, like, to do this. Like I, I've wanted this for so long and I didn't realize how fucking hard it actually has been and probably harder than it would have been just staying as that role. In in a way, in a sense, because it's it's very unfamiliar. This is strange. This is different. This is completely, completely out of my wheelhouse. I have never experienced this before, which makes it, yeah. I was because because you you haven't experienced it before, but yet you've wanted it, right? Yet I want it, right? But I've, but you've you've wanted you've always wanted it, mm-hmm. but then you don't feel as though you can get it because of your or because of whatever reason. Never but reason. so you start to feel in that you start to bring yourself into resonance and start to feel okay with yourself for yeah. not having it by telling yourself stories about why it's bad to want that. Yeah. It's evil. You, like you've always 100%. wanted to have the the means to do things. You've always wanted to have nice clothes, but oh, you haven't been able to. So yeah. instead of reconciling with the fucking painful, painful truth that you can't afford it and it's just you know, out of your reach or whatever, you'll say only people that have nice clothes, or, or, sorry, only this person can have nice clothes yeah. or bad people have nice clothes yeah. or it's or greedy to want nice clothes. Greedy, yeah. All these All things that stuff. you can, the ways you convince yourself mm-hmm. that that the things that you want are bad yeah. because you can't get them. So, you don't, you because try you and make yourself believe you don't want them. them anyway. Yeah, no, but it's like, it's like <laughs> I, want, I want them, but I always want the expensive stuff. I get so angry when I always want the, I'm like, I've just got, I've got high standards. <laughs> That's not bad. Mm. But where does that belief come from? And it stems from the upbringing and the and the beliefs that everyone else held around you, and then them. And it's not even their fault. It's their their parents. But like I said, it's also a belief that you superimpose on all that, though. That yeah, you say, you, I don't want it anyway. Potentially, yeah, that's it. I'm saying you. you mm. That's why. That's what happened. Mm. You know, because that that vision that I had that um when I was uh, with my higher self, and she's like, just look at it. Why aren't you looking at it? Because I'm like, I don't want it. I had convinced the deep part. Of, I've never, ever, ever said that out loud. I have never, ever had that experience. That was something that shocked me. And so I didn't even tell you when it happened because I was in, I was embarrassed and I was like, oh, my God, I've worked this hard. And then that's my answer that I don't want it. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's not it. This is just what had to come up Yeah. because there was something within me that told me that I don't want this. And this is part of all the beliefs and all the stories that I have like actually compiled. And these are the books that have, you know, like fucking books of stories about not being um, worthy of abundance and money and wealth and the high, high standard living that I want to be at. And all of this, all of these books, all of these stories are holding me back. I've got this whole pile here. And we all do. We all have stories. We all have it. And I feel like we generally, we generate those stories because for the most part, we tend to follow the path of least resistance. Always. And it, and it gives us <laughs> So like, much easier. So, yeah, instead of, <laughs> instead of doing the hard work, we do kind of what's easy. And the thing that we want, which requires hard work to attain, we, we turn it into just almost an enemy. Mm. And we, we kind of invert it. And we go, uh, like, we don't want that anyway. It's evil. Like I said, yeah. you know, you want- 
like you want a nice a nice dress, for example, but you can't afford it and you can't get it. So and it- just go and get some material. It'll be on sale and I can make it. And then spend about four or five, maybe 10 hours, maybe two days making the dress, exerting more energy and wasting wasting time. It almost becomes your enemy. It does. I sometimes loathe it. You know, I, I, and that's like, that's a habit of like, there's a scarcity, um, belief that, uh, is in my family and that has come in where it's like, well, we can just make it. Let's just make it. And but even our, our jealousy of those that have the things that we I'm want yeah. is, is almost, we, the jealousy turns into like a hatred of them, resentment. a resentment. They almost become the enemy. And we say, look at those horrible, greedy, self-centered people. And we, we say that because we want what they have, yeah. but we, we don't we don't perceive ourselves as able to get it. So we turn it into an enemy and we turn ourselves into the good guy again yeah. by being like, okay, I want it. I quietly want it, but I'm going to, because I, I don't perceive myself as having the ability to obtain it, mm. I'm going to turn it into the enemy so that on the surface, I can feel better, I can feel better about <laughs> not what I don't want it anyway. Yeah. And I feel better about my lack. Yeah. And then over time, we just compile annals and stories and and books and piles of books and of why we don't deserve something why we're not worthy for something and instead of switching it Mm. why are we worthy why are we deserving we're here in existence and it's in our vicinity there we there are ways to get it and we're living in a time you have to work hard that's the thing unfortunately you gotta lift your fucking eyes you gotta get off the fucking couch move your ass and actually do something open a book and Stretch your mind a little bit. We don't fucking do that these days. It drives me crazy. And we don't think about anything. Anything like taking any responsibility for our actions and behaviors and the way we think. And, you know, that's just me and my passion. And, but I'm, because I'm working on it more and more and more, I can see how far we have gone to, you know, in the other direction. We don't think about things anymore. We don't, we don't, cons- we don't, dub- we don't double think and we don't be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm done with, with this and this and this. I want to change. You know, you don't get that very often. Only now we're living in a time where the world's, the, like I feel like God's just grabbed the planet Earth and he's just like shaking it. <laughs> and we're kind of in this change now. I just feel like he's just shaking it. Mm. Not that I think that God's a, a being, but it's kind of like in a vision. And it's like that's what it kind of feels like because, yeah, there are a lot of people that are waking up and they are waking up to themselves and going, I actually, I choose me. I am, I'm so done of the stories. I'm not that. I don't fit anymore. I, I do this. And that, like all these things start to come up. And once you, you're awake, you cannot go back. I, I, I can't. I cannot be. I don't even recognize. I couldn't even if I tried to be that person that I was before, before when I was 22. I have no idea who that was because even after that, I was significantly different. I well, mellowed. I think because you, you start to change your story because you, you yeah. change your own story and you change your own idea of yourself. You've dropped, you've dropped, you've gone along a different plot line. You're on a different trajectory now. You're no longer completely on that. So it's different. like you almost, you've almost completely abolished it. You've yeah. like burnt that book, yeah. you know. So you try and think back about who was I back then. You can't remember it because, well, it's not part of you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's a part it's- of your technical history, but yeah. it's not the story itself no longer exists. No, this moment exists. Well, of course, this moment exists now, you know. And you and when you're trying to generate your own, you're trying to create your own path, you're like, okay, what's going to happen next? Well, Okay, if I'm taking the power and the responsibility for myself, well, then I get to determine what's happening next. Yeah. Yes, I'm in, an, I'm in a situation, I'm in an environment, and we're in a situation in an environment mm, right yeah. now, but it's up to us whatever happens next. That's it. Right? Because as soon as it's like, ah, oh, the situation, 
You know, it's like we're giving that the power again. We're, yeah. su- we're surrendering our responsibility to mm-hmm. it and we're, we're disempowering ourselves by doing so. Instead of taking the reins. It's like stop getting the situation to drive. And like, like again, this is, this is a big thing for nature. It's, something happens or something did happen because yeah. I willed it so. Yeah. I willed it so. The situation did not will me. I willed this into existence. Yeah. And that is is something f- uh, for my mind is that is that mentality shift which gives you the power to actually change the situation yeah and to take charge of it a little bit i don't yeah i mean obviously you know i was saying today about just like conceptualizations of existence and meaning and stuff mm-hmm. i went through obviously i wouldn't say atheistic but a spiritual a religious perspective on meaning in the world and stuff through a more religious I- I- idea and now i'm coming out the other end of the religious idea i don't perceive it meaning in the world and stuff through as religious eyes anymore and i kind of actually i'm not a massive fan of the religious outlook but i I align with it a whole lot more closely than the alternative Mm -hmm. um but but not the limiting kind of yeah i'm like i I don't have the same views of god i don't have the same views of, of meaning um you know our place in this world i think because like i said i believe in action in creation through action mm-hmm. and I don't believe that we should self-sacrifice in order to appease something, appease something else. We should obviously do what we do, like serve to the best of our ability to. But not but in detriment. We should serve authentically. And if we can work ourselves into our own empowerment and be making our own decisions mm-hmm. and exerting our own will, I think that the satisfaction that will generate will create this, such a deep sense of security of self and a knowing of self that we will feel so content in who we are. We're not going to try and exert exert some kind of external force on something to change it mm-hmm. as such. Yeah. If we want something to change, like it's up to us to go and sort of take it. Yeah. But we're not going to force other people to be like us. We're going to try Absolutely and force anything not. into our image almost. Yeah. Because it's like I don't need that external validation for for you know gratifying myself yeah i will do what i need to do to gratify but myself it's for you but, but it's we're, for we're giving our responsibility to someone else to validate us like to give them i think that. what i'm being careful of is because i know that the nazis really bastardized nature's philosophy right and they took that idea i think of i will i willed it thus like and especially the idea of nature's superman um the i think the nazis really superimposed that idea of of the coming superman who is you know, of a higher breed um, in humanity that is able to take charge of his own destiny type thing. And I think they superimpose that on the the idea of the Aryan race. And so that's what the Nazis sort of bastardized that whole idea. So I'm I'm not saying this in a sense of like in this this really, uh, what's the word? I don't view us to be gods. I'm not. I'm not God. I'm not oh. the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I think there is something significantly bigger than me. I'm part of something significantly bigger, and I have to always humble myself before that. But I think that we have a free. We have an, a free agency in this world that is ours, and we are here to take charge of our lives and our wills. And we're supported. Our existence is supported by the existence of something greater. Mm. But it's not for that greater thing to bestow upon us a certain life. It's up to us to go out there and generate that life for ourselves. I think that's kind of what, what's sort of made sense to me. This is kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah. So I don't exactly know why why no, this conversation sort of came up to, to sit down and record this, but yeah, I, I mean, came along. things happen every day and I'm sure it's going to – I mean, I, I had that, um, that experience, you know, we were talking about – um, having those labels, you know, and how people see us in a certain way. Like even my name, Yuja, like I grew up with it, but I don't, I, the only, I connect with it because 
not because people called me and knew me of, of that. It was there was something that felt the vibration of the name has always sat really deeply with me for some reason. And it's why I choose to go by Yuja rather than Justine. And it's it's really unusual because I still when I have when people say Yuja, they have an idea of me still. And that's changing. And I'm really trying to overcome and trying to change the vibration of it's it's, it's really funny because I shouldn't if I'm trying to detach or not trying to, but if I'm trying to ch- change my story, I would be more inclined to change my name and go back to Justine or make something else up, you know. But Yuja's always sat with me, sat part of my soul. I'm allowed to be Yuja. Like, like redefining yourself. Re- redefining who, yeah, no, not changing yeah. anything, but it's like redefining the like, what I am because it's I've never lost that Yuja-ness. Like I've, it's so weird because I don't even know if I've even talked about this before, but it's always something that has has always felt the most true thing about me. Mm. Like I've always, when I'm Yuja, I'm generally, I feel free. I feel freer to be Yuja than I do to be Justine or Justina or, you know, or the, uh, for some reason. I, with Yuja, I'm allowed to release myself from things. And I think that's why I've chosen to, you know, re- really put Yuja first, like put like um, as in use Yuja as my name here rather than just I'm not going to change it legally. But, um, yeah, there's always been a vibration there, but I know that people have that idea, but it doesn't bother me because I remember that every time I'm Yuja, there was a spark that happened every time I don't know I, that that spark of authenticity of, of 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 truth in me, like going back and just remembering, and I'm like, I loved being Yuja, but I, I but everything in between, I I I just it wasn't me. So it was only kind of through that name for me where I could really I really felt that thing within me, still there, warm and want and just waiting for me and being patient for me. It's really peculiar. Mm. And, you know, like. What's in a name? I guess it's the, it's the overall label, right, of it's it's kind of the, the, the way you are labelled in the world, the way you're identified in the world, mm. I guess, by name, by, by word, name, as yeah. a word. As a word, yeah. And so it's like everything that you are kind of goes into that name, right? Well, yeah, and I'm like. I, it's an uncommon name, obviously. That, I think that's why. I think it's because it's only, I didn't like, like even the names that we're getting <laughs> that I've got picked for our kids, you know, they're, they're different. They've got a different vibe. They're a vibration that I don't know. There's something about that. Well, there's a hmm and an ah and a ah. Come here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, yeah, there has been. I think it's that it's so unique. It's unique enough for me to feel like I I have a place. Like it kind of interesting. It could be sad and it could be not. Like- I don't know if this sort of resonates. I was thinking about this in the car actually when we were coming back. The When something new is born, like something completely new that mm-hmm. is not even it, – it can't be – it cannot be um, 
labeled. Sure. It is it is without label because it's so new. Yeah. Like if you've invented something, it's like, what the fuck do I call it? Even yeah, like sure. for your work, for example, like what what are you doing? Yeah. You're looking that. at existing <laughs> labels to try and understand, relatively speaking, how you what you can deem yourself and your yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but let's just say like, you know, the first table that was ever made. Sure. For example, it's like, what do I call this thing? Because, you know, we, we now look at things around us and we go, oh, you use it as a table. Oh, it's like a table because we know we have this we common idea of what a table is now because yeah. they're just everywhere. Sure. The concept of a table we know now. But when it was first invented, what was it called? You know, and ha- what do you call that thing? Oh, thing. <laughs> and, and it's like, so originally, like the first ever thing that was created of a certain thing, you know, let's say it's called a table. You know, obviously then when the idea is out there, the idea that's being represented physically, that's been manifested physically and has taken a certain form, which has become a table, then people get to take that idea, apply their own creative uh, perspective to it, and they create their own thing, mm. which which kind of makes, it tears the, the idea of a table away from the original thing that it was labeling. Mm. And now a table encompasses this visual form, but it's also this form. So this this round table here next to you, is entirely different in form to this rectangular table that my computer's on. Sure. But they're both tables. Sure. So it's like the more of something, the, the, the more different things that come into the overall idea of a table, mm. the more abstract the whole notion of a table becomes. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it gets pushed further and further away from something specific and it becomes something very general. Okay. And in terms of like your name, do you feel as though Yuja makes you feel the most specific and less abstract? As a person. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, Well, it's the first time I'm thinking about it and the first time you've asked me these questions, so just give me a minute. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think it's like the the, the best name that I can come up with or the the best way, best thing that expresses me, that explains me. I mean, because I'm Logan, I don't have any other name. Like, there's nicknames and everything. Mm. Um, but it, it, but I've, got, I've got a thousand nicknames. Oh, like, yeah, everyone you get does. It. Everyone does. But Logan's fine. Like, I've never felt, obviously, as the name I was born with, my legal name, all that. I've never felt. It's a powerful name, though. I've never, but, uh, you know. But yeah, no, I like, I've never really heard someone massively uncomfortable with their name, mm. their, like, their, 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 their label. Yeah. And it's like. Until you met me. <laughs> I know, like I know people. Some people hate their names, and they they do go by a, a abbreviations or sure. shortenings, or yeah, or different names altogether. But mm. I'm, I know it sort of happens. But like for me, Logan, it's not it's not an, an uncommon name, but it's not also common. Not in my age, at least of where I am. Yeah. I don't know very many other Logans. Um, probably there seems to be more Logans in America than in Australia. Mm. <laughs> but um, you know, I've never really felt like. Oh, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? What, what yeah. goes because it's, it's again, it's like it's well, the, the label of all labels for you and your identity. Well, that's why I said it's more of a vibration of what Yuja is mm. rather than the letters and the names. Even though the letters are pretty cool, you've got the Y, the Z, and, and is what and goes into your name? I guess is it kind of what you make of it? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is. Because when I don't know, I've just always preferred Yuja. Like I even my cl- my closest friends in primary school and high school, like there'd, there'd be like two or three. Um, friends that I would hang out with, they called me Yuja. I asked them to because it, it was kind of like because um, they were calling me Justine and then they'd, they'd hear like Phil called me Yuja and then they're like, what, they, what do you call you? And I was like, oh, my God, that's cool, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I prefer it. And they're like, why don't you tell us? Mm. And I'm like, okay. So then they, they started calling me Yuja or Yuja. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then, yeah, it just felt, 
yeah, uh, there's, there's something about the vibration of it that just feels right. And it can ex- explain me or label me if you know, I hate labels, but if we must have one label for us, which is our name, mm. um, Yuja probably best meets what I am. And it's unusual and I'm unusual. Mm. Uh, I can't really make me out and some, a lot of people can't um, say the word. <laughs> it's And it's not like I, I wish it was easier to kind of say, but that's probably me. You know, and then it's like there's there's weird things because I have a relationship with that too. It's interesting. It's like what is what does that your name describe? What do you want your name to describe? Because mm. I think we're in, we're somewhat in charge of that. Yeah. So like what 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 is Logan? When someone says Logan, what are they referencing? Because mm. Logan is like it's an abstract. I am I am not Logan. I am a like some, I'm not even this body kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like there's all this there's like a, there's a spirit. I think like an intention that kind of fuels and. And my personality and all that, all that. There's, there's something so much more than a simple name. But it's like, what, what idea am I that Logan represents? Well, that's why it's like it's a vibration because words are vibrations, right? You have like um, the universal uh, vibration of Om. You know, it's it's Om. You know, some people are called Om. <laughs> some people are called something else. You know, it's just Logan is just like another. Well, I mean, the the label because labels they're just are necessary. Vibrations, though, they're a vibration of who yeah. you are. But la- la- I mean, labels in themselves are also necessary so that yes. we can actually navigate to the best of our ability some kind of consensus truth or so- consensus truth mm-hmm. or objectivity. Yeah. So that we can actually all be on the same page when it comes to conversing ideas. And we know because a word represents about. an idea as well, right? Yeah. Words are abstractions, but you know, like they're it's a means to communicate. Yeah, they're means of communicating. Exactly. So, what I means one way. Oh it's, it's so deep. Like, there's, there's so much to a, like a lot of this type of topic. Yeah. But it was just yeah, interesting kind of philosophical episode. Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know how to summarize any of what I we spoke about. To. I think this is just one of those exploration days. Even like even this today was a, an entire. We're just exploring. We're just still delving deeper into our um, out into our you know contracted because I think we've, we've touched and, on a lot of this stuff right yeah and I think it's just about talking about it a little bit more in depth because this is a big part of the process too it's like the philosophical oh, underpinnings of kind of what we're navigating at the moment mm. well I mean t- like, just think about what happened like last night with your chest and then this morning with your chest and then today when we were out my my heart like and these things that were they're, they're not small things they're mm. actually things that we're asking the universe to help us with. I need I need to break away and be on I need to break away from my past because I I'm still attached to it because of, of these fears of th- fears that I don't know about yet so I'm break and I've had a hell of a week with you know constantly being hit and tugged and pulled and stretched and you know and thrown and it's it's been a while and I but I asked asked for it Mm. I said, this yeah. is what I want. We want to leave. We want to get out of here and we want to move into our own space. However that looks in our highest and best way, we want that. Go from here to the next thing and then give it. Bring it on. And then, you know, I probably should have been a bit more specific, but I'm like, oh, look, it, God's not going to give us anything that we can't handle. The universe never gives anything to us um, that we can't handle. Mm. It's never going to give more than we can handle. That's just that's idiotic. We are energy and we are in – a yeah, in the oh, obviously, the if, you, if you're carrying the burden, obviously you're able to carry the burden because you're carrying right. it. Otherwise, you'd be carrying. dead. Yeah, exactly. I so, think it's funny because it's like it sort of comes to me and it might sound like a contradiction to be like, well, if you're trying, if you're exerting your own will and your own creative force upon the earth, well, then what are you talking about then that the, the world's going to, the universe is going to bring you this mm-hmm. or that, you know, you, you're yeah. projecting the uncertainty is going to bring you something. And it's like absolutely understandable. Um, and it's it's kind of like 
uncertainty is necessary in order like to navigate it's you there is so much beyond your control i guess beyond our control in the situation that we're currently experiencing we can't possibly control it all but i think that also comes from us putting the control trying to bring control to ourselves putting the power in our in our own hands so that we can control ourselves in a situation yeah we don't control the situation the situation is going to unfold as it does as it does and then we're we're controlling ourselves in the in the approaching situation how can we be in this situation because we 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 can't pummel the situation into like subservience to us obviously right no we have to pummel ourselves into like our own subservience to ourselves (laughs) in a sense and so it's not like it's not where we're we're finding a way to to cope with the fact that the situation is going to pull us along regardless it's that it's that yes the situation is going to happen and the uncertainty is going to to yield situations and experiences for us Mm -hmm. that are beyond our control but how are we going to be through those how are we going to utilize those experiences they come our way how are we going to utilize what uncertainty gives to us in a way that actually serves us and serves you know to the best of our ability those around us too so it's kind of like it's not it's not a contradiction. It just sort of came to me just then. Yeah. Thinking about it, I'm like, it kind of sounds like a contradiction. But I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is. Uh, this, we, I mean, we can keep going. Like this is a – you can just you can just stop and talk about this stuff and keep going down and in and up and around and, because it's fascinating and it's, you know, understanding the world and it's, this is it's why, a life. This is why I read philosophy. I'm like, yeah. it's so interesting. I'm so curious about all this. And it's also like – it's to also just bring an understanding to the situation to us and just to mm. to see things on a different level and then we can apply them finding ways to apply them to our work to this material world and to create action inspired action well it's, i think it's it's thinking about it and yeah. going yeah that's yeah. it thinking about it bringing it into some kind of um like intention or yeah. like a spirit integration that, yeah integrating and seeing if you can act upon it and then yeah. if it works well, then, okay, fantastic. Let's see how far this goes. If it doesn't work, okay, maybe we need to recalibrate a little yeah. bit. But it's the point is to think about it a little bit, yeah. to try and find different ways to approach the world and approach yourself in the world and then act upon it. And you learn so much about yourself. Like I I did not – I feel like we've been together for 20 years mm. because of how, how much work we have got, how, how many things we're trying. And it, this path seems to – ironically, it seems to be working more and, and better with ease, you yeah. Know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that, but considering the situation we're in, if if you, you know from different perspectives, but I wouldn't I would I wouldn't rather this situation. It, it depends where your priorities are and depends, where you put yeah. your value. And I think yeah, so it's like our, where we're like I just find so much joy and fulfillment. Probably I mean joy, yes, <laughs> um, occasionally, but I'd, I'd say more so fulfillment and satisfaction when it when I overcome something. Well, I guess you're operating more in alliance with the want, with what you want. Yeah. You're you're able to operate better from your own place of yeah. will. And and I'm, I'm meeting it like I'm hmm. because when we want something, we got to meet it halfway. It will come to us. You got to allow it to come to you. And that allowance, you, you got you got all we got. All, I got all this stuff in the way. I've got all these baggage in the way that I'm trying to, and it's not going to get me there. I've got all this scarcity in front of me, all these lack mindset, and I got these bloody five cent coin on the floor that I've been protecting all my life. That's not going to be easy to maintain. Like I'm every day, I'm going to be focusing on that area, and I'm going to be making sure that I'm clearing this baggage. Mm. And I'm like, no, I I'm gonna whatever I need to do in order to get that. If this is what I have to do, I'm going to give it a shot. 
And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I'm gonna, I have to know. It's trial and error. It is trial and error. You know, and you, you kind of recalibrate and you go back at it again. Mm-hmm. The satisfaction, I think, is because you're able to operate um, at your own will, not at the will of the yeah. situation or of something else. So you're not pulled along by some force beyond your your control. No, you take responsibility. You're taking the reins a bit and you're yeah. actually starting to be your own generating force. Yeah, it and does get easier. That's, that it sense. is a lot more satisfying, but, yeah, it but it is terrifying as well because you're the one that's carving your own path. The path <laughs> isn't carved for you. No. So that's the, obviously the main, main available, shift. but yeah, you choose. And it requires that kind of solitude a lot of the time and that that feels like that separation that isolation from everyone mm. everyone that you know you once know you knew because you, you're changing you're changing your own definition type thing yep. you're changing the story your own story no, and story. it's changing it's changing what you represent in your the external vibration. world mm. um, but it, it is incredibly um, satisfying and you don't you feel less of a need to try and alter the outside world while you're altering yourself because I think that the world ultimately is a reflection of you yeah. so as you're changing your yourself internally, externally you're going to approach the world from a different perspective oh, yeah. and it's, you start to realize okay well if the world is a harsh dry desolate place maybe i, I feel yeah. harsh dry and desolate myself mm-hmm. so instead of me trying to change the harshness and the dryness and the desolation of the world i'm going to look internally and see how i can make those changes and mm-hmm. then see what happens mm-hmm. and more often than not again what we continue to find is that when we make these adjustments internally we start to feel the world around us change and, and become and, a more nice and beautiful place to be in. And it's easier to accept others and to see others in a, a very different light, in, in a kinder light. Because if we, I'm like, I've been feeling like so frustrated and, you know, you get these really these anger and this sadness and all, all these all these emotions. And when you're around people and you're like, oh, my God, like, and you're getting angry at them and you're fighting and you're arguing and all this or that or you're crying or like you're just like bouncing this mirror this mirror is just there for you and then now we've been into this space and we've had time to like what's been our mirror like white walls a clean mm. like clean house space and i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna feel all of this most of that stuff wasn't even mine now i can understand i'm learning more about how i'm functioning and working how i can absorb energy and how i need to build boundaries and how I can get better at it. I need like there are the things now that I can put into place so that when I go back and in, introduce myself to to society or in, in social circumstances or the next path that was the next phase that we're going to be in, um, I can I can utilize everything that I've done here. I can bring well p- put into practice all of all of the stuff that I've learned here. How to, how to create boundaries, how to hold myself, how to carry myself. What's mine and what's what's not mine. And even having these very subtle experiences of the frustration between us, like I'm like, you're picking up on my energy, I'm picking up on your energy and those things I'm like, okay, that is how subtle this is. I need to find a way to set boundaries, set energetic boundaries so that I can, my energy can stay within my parameters and, you know, protect, figuring out how I work in the world and how I can be best of use to the world, how I can serve, what I can offer and how I can be and how what I can manifest and what I can create and how I can encourage others and empower others others to do exactly the same thing. Like this isn't just for me. I'm like, I, I want to teach this. I want to give this to others because it feels, it's crazy. It's a wild ride. But if you're going to be getting, if you're going to better yourself, like that is just, just so worth it. Yep. And take, yeah. take the reins back. And it's it's very empowering. It's terrifying, but it's it's exciting Beautiful. at the same time. <laughs> It's that excitement and that terror that you can just really gives life its color mm. and its meaning. It kind of takes the grayness out a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. That's that's I think very long enough of this kind of discussion. So yeah. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with more of Usual's visions. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, my Instagram is logan.d.gray and the email address for the show is itppc at protonmail.com. I have a substack called Demons and Fancies. You can find that at logangray.substack.com. And I also have a podcast, which is a companion to my po- to my uh, substack called Demons, the Demons and Fancies podcast. You can find that on, should be pretty much any, any podcast platform you so choose. The links to all of that is in the description. My Instagram is usual.gray and my website is usualgray.com. Reach out, book a session. Let's chat. Get in touch. Get, Get in, in touch. touch. We'd love to, uh, yes, we'd love to be, create something bigger, be yes. part of a, a community of wonderful people, beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful empowered people that are that are carving a better way for themselves and for the world around oh, them. Amen. And if you also like what we do here on this podcast and what we're about and the way what we discuss and how we're kind of sharing our journey and if you find some value in, in this work, please Feel free to share the share the the uh, the episode, the podcast with friends, family, anyone you think might might benefit, benefit from from these discussions, and kind of just hearing other people going through a process that similar, you know, yeah, that can resonate. We're kind of throwing ourselves in front of the fire a little bit, and uh, <laughs> if um if you kind of want to, you 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 sort of feel like you want to do the same thing, but you're kind of a little bit nervous too, and- or that you're right smack <laughs> in the middle of it. Yeah, any anything, anything at all. Please, please share, subscribe to channels, uh, and yeah, get in touch. I love you. I love you. Let's have a blessed day. Always. <laughs>